0: You are listening to Go Go Stop Go, a show about major events, issues, and turning points in people's lives. I'm your host, Jay Badenhope. I was inspired to start this show after losing my mom in August 2016. My mom lived in her home in San Diego until she was 80. It made me worry at times because she didn't have any family there, and I was a 90-minute flight or eight-hour drive away in San Francisco. A big reason she was able to stay in her home so long was because she had a network of friends and neighbors who would help her out. Today you'll hear my conversation with two of those neighbors who lived across the street from my mom for nearly 40 years and were part of her support structure. Bill and Nancy Pickett are in their 80s and going strong. Bill is a semi-retired engineer who still works three days a week. Nancy recently oversaw a kitchen remodel and celebrated her 80th birthday at a San Diego brewery. They're both fans of beer, especially local breweries. I recorded our conversation in July in their living room next to their in-home bar, which has a few bar stools in front and a wall of more than 100 different beer cans in the back. We'll talk about my mom, some of the routine things that neighbors do for each other, and a couple dramatic moments with 911 calls and even some police action. Here's my conversation with Nancy and Bill Pickett.
1: I'm Nancy Pickett, neighbor across the street from Phyllis, used to be, I guess, I, yeah, and I really... Miss her a lot. She was a very, very good neighbor of mine, and we got along fantastically. And I'm Bill
0: Pickett. (laughs) Short and sweet. So, Nancy, you were asking, you didn't remember when we moved into the neighborhood, so I believe it was in 1973. When did you move into the neighborhood?
2: We are original owners. We moved in in 1960.
1: May of 1960, because Michelle was... Nine months old, and she turned one year old in August. So
2: it would have been May of 1960. Yeah,
0: and just for people who don't know, where where are we in the world here?
1: We're in San Diego, California, in the Claremont area.
0: What kind of neighborhood is Claremont?
1: Well, we think it's a very good neighborhood. We're close to all the freeways. We have access to wherever we want to go: the beach, the downtown. Downtown is 10 miles from here and the beach is like three or four miles to go to Pacific Beach. We're up on a hill so we're near the canyon and we get nice weather here. It can be nice and cool here and we can go to La Jolla and it's all fogged in. We don't like La Jolla. No.
0: (laughs) So you mentioned the roads and some of the stores. In what other ways has the neighborhood changed in the time that you've been here?
2: A lot of the original people have departed, (laughs) and we're starting to get new people moving in, although a lot of original owners are still around, and in some cases it's the children of the original owners. It's still a very nice neighborhood. The real estate people have no problem selling houses here.
1: How much did we pay for our house?
2: Bill? A little bit less than nineteen thousand,
1: and now it's probably between seven and eight hundred. Would you say somewhere yeah. in there?
2: Yes, that's pretty close. That's probably a high side.
1: But we love going to parties and telling them how much we paid for our house. I remember when Bill went out to get a new car, and he came home and he said, "Oh my God, I'm going to have to pay twenty or twenty-five thousand dollars for this car." I'm not, I'll be damned if I'm going to pay that much for it. I didn't pay that much for this house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Say that again, Bill.
2: I said that's true. It was very disturbing.
0: <laughs> I want to ask you now some questions about my mom. What were some first impressions you had of, of my mom as a, as a neighbor?
1: Well, we always got along. I liked Phyllis because she was a very dependable person and what she said, it was straight, and if we wanted to go away for a weekend or a week, she would take care, look after our house, and I could depend on her, and I did the same for her. It was kind of funny, she knew that we were beer drinkers, and I don't think Phyllis was a beer drinker, but one day she's out in the yard, and she's drinking a beer, and I think, (laughs) I just thought it was kind of funny.
0: (laughs) That's funny. How was my mom maybe different from some of the other neighbors around here?
2: I think she was more, not necessarily quiet or withdrawn or anything like that, but I think she was not as extrovert. Some of the other neighbors maybe were more extroverted, like next door. In fact, they organized parties that the whole neighborhood had. I always figure she was a very dignified person, and consequently she didn't, what's the word? I don't know. She wasn't as aggressive or outspoken as others.
1: I think it was her upbringing, because I think she uh, had to work very hard. Um, I can't remember now, or her family life. But I don't think she had a lot of, fun things or did a lot of partying or this type of thing and I think she really wanted to but she didn't quite know how how to fit into the the partying thing like when she knew that I was a beer drinker or we were beer drinkers and all of a sudden she's out weeding in her front yard and she has a can of beer so I think this was just a way she wanted to fit in
0: interesting what do you think were the things that that she cared a lot about?
1: You. Her son. <laughs> I think that was it. And her house, kept very good care of her house and her yard was very important to her. I mean when there were weeds out there, boy, she's out there on her hands and knees and pulling those suckers. Yeah, and definitely you, Jay, and uh, oh, and she loved bridge. That was very yeah, that. that was very important. And when she went into the home, I told her, I said, well, you should teach Bridge. And I think at that time she was having a little problem with her speech. And I think she felt kind of negative about doing that.
0: Around that time, maybe even before that, she was starting to get some feedback from some of her partners who were really engaged. Because I know my mom was really engaged with Bridge for a long time, that they were... I think fr- starting to get frustrated with her play. I think maybe her her mental skills were starting to decline a little bit. I don't remember if she played any bridge after she moved into the care home, or maybe she might have even have stopped before she moved.
1: Yeah, so the bridge was very important because when she lived here, she went to, uh, I don't know, where did she go? And-
0: she would travel. There were different clubs around town, and sometimes she'd even go out of town. To play bridge and in fact the first jo- real job i got out of college i got because she met someone at a bridge tournament and that person happened to be traveling from out of town and and she made the connection and got the woman's business card
1: and i think she had people come to her home too and play bridge so that was very important to her
0: I remember she would always tell me like if she did well at a tournament, often she'd come in first or second and how many master points that was worth. And they were always keeping track of the master points because that was a, an indication of your skill.
1: Yeah, I don't know anything about bridge, so that wasn't a part of my life with her.
0: <laughs> Do you have any memories of my mom and me when I was, you know, still a kid and living across the street? know it's been a few
2: years (laughs) yeah I'm I'm just trying to think if I ever remember her getting mad at you and and yelling at you but I can't
1: (laughs) well I know one thing about you Jay you always parked your car in the driveway the new neighbors do not do that they park in front of everybody else's house but you always parked on the left-hand side of the driveway and your mom parked on the right or she drove into the garage thank you jay
0: (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) saving space on the on the street for parking yeah i know that when my mom especially as my mom got older that she relied on you and and other neighbors she was living alone in her house what do you remember from from that period
1: I remember she did have a couple emergencies where she'd called 911. The one time they came out, and, man, they messed up her carpeting, got it so dirty. So I said, well, maybe the next time if you have to go to the hospital and you're going to call 911, maybe you set in the entranceway. So she did that. It was funny. She was <laughs> – so they wouldn't come in. I mean, they actually – it looked like they just cleaned their feet off in her carpeting. She wasn't too happy about that, I'll tell you.
2: I forgot about that.
0: Was there anything that made you concerned with her being there by herself as long as she was?
1: Well, I think you always worry about someone living by themselves, you know, if she was gonna fall or, or whatever. I did tell her to always call us if she needed any help. Oh, one, one thing. This is something that just happened in the neighborhood. The next door neighbors, their fire alarm went off. And they always told us if if it went off to give them a call or call the cops or whatever. Well, it went off and um, your mom took care of it. And I went out and we were waiting for the cops to come to go in the house. And we was waiting for the neighbor to come home. We had called the neighbor and she was on her way home and so Phyllis says oh I'd like to show you this uh, nice new storage bin that the neighbors have got in back and I thought well okay I don't know that I want to look at a storage bin but okay Phyllis let's go look at it so I went out and it was a glass tile with an open what do you call it on the top that you could open it up and I looked at that and I says oh Phyllis that is full of marijuana and (laughs) it was beautiful and so after the cops came and looked at the house next door which it was just a mouse had set off the fire alarm or something And I said to the cop, I says, oh, there's a storage bin out in front of my neighbor's house I'd like to have you look at. And he kind of rolled his eyes, kind of like I did with Phyllis, thinking, do they want to look at a storage bin? So the two cops went back there, and they started looking, and then they asked for a ladder. And they said, oh, my God, this is not in our uh, category. Don't say anything. We're going to send out someone else and they told us not to mention it to any of the other neighbors and it ended up being a big deal cuz it wasn't only marijuana but i guess there was uh, other drugs in the house and all and there was the guy that um just in plain clothes came to detectives he came to uh, Phyllis's house and He posed as a San Diego gas and electric guy. And so he and another gal went into the house because they were wanting to take care of the marijuana and all, and there were actually uh, helicopters and there was like five or six cop cars with guns that came. It was a big deal, big deal. And they drug that guy away to the jail. And then I think later, after he did get out, he was throwing fruit over into Phyllis's yard. And so uh, I told her, I says, well, you let the cops know about that. And so they were trying to help her out with that. I don't even remember what came of it.
0: I think my mom told me one time someone came by and like yelled at her or something, maybe threatened her but nothing nothing more after that, thankfully.
1: Yeah, thank, thank God. And then the cops had me looking out my kitchen window um, before the um, cops came to raid the house so they would know what's going on. And the guy had come out of his house and was walking his dog and he was looking at all the houses, except he didn't even look at mine. And here I was, one of the watchmen. And so I saw him go over and look at the, uh, the policeman's car that had San Diego gas and electric or whatever it was he was posing as. And so I gave Phyllis a call and said, I think they're on you. <laughs> Under the cop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we were talking before about my friend John, who would come by and, and check on my mom. I was wondering if you had any any memories of of him coming by?
1: He came by a lot, and he was a very, very good friend of Phyllis's, and I think Phyllis really appreciated him. When she went into the home, he'd go over and take her places and take her out for lunch. He brought her past the neighborhood,
2: too, didn't he? Yeah, he drove her by the neighborhood.
1: Yeah, he would drive by and let her see her house that was sold, and uh, a couple times they stopped, and I visited with them. So he was a very, very good friend, very good friend, and you were lucky that he was was here, Jay, to kind of keep an eye on your mom. That was good.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. If my kids listen to this at some point, what would you want them to know about their grandmother, my mother?
1: I don't know what kind of a relationship they had with her after she moved to San Francisco but um she was a very loving person and she loved you she may not have voiced it or portrayed it
0: I think at this point you know for instance, my son, who's now nine, like he doesn't really have any memories of my mom before she was in care homes. And of course, by that point, she was already in decline. Before she moved up there, the doctors were calling it mild cognitive impairment or MCI. And by then, it was really clearly dementia. I think she could probably hear us and maybe understand some of what we were saying, but she couldn't really talk anymore. And even when she was talking, it, like it would be a big deal if she'd say a whole sentence sometimes maybe just a word, and often, like, no talking at all. I, I mean, that that was a progression over time.
1: Well, probably she understood what you were saying, because I did notice towards the last when she was in San Diego, that she really didn't want to talk. She wanted you to do the talking, or wanted me to do the talking, but I knew she was understanding, and I think she just didn't want to talk because she felt bad about
0: yeah i remember we we came i came by with my mom and i think yeah you and i maybe both bill we were were talking together but my mom i think was just sort of sitting there maybe enjoying the company but i think that was that was an indication of her just i don't even know if it was like intentional i just think it was just harder for her to talk like like physically like her her body was not really in a uh, a state to to communicate easily anymore
1: I think she was understanding everything though I felt yeah we were out on the patio you know I asked her I said well do you want some water yes and um, I think she understood and I think she enjoyed the conversation she just wanted us to do the gossiping she didn't (laughs) and then before you left I said now do you need to go to the bathroom and she said no so
0: any other like final thoughts or anything you want to chime in with
1: I'll think of something when you leave. No.
0: <laughs> I think she was a very nice person. I think she was
2: a very dignified, slightly reserved person. And we enjoyed having her as a neighbor. And like Nancy said, we could depend upon her to keep an eye on the house when we went away. And we did the same for her. And so she was an ideal neighbor.
0: Great. Well, we can wrap it up there thank you uh nancy and bill for sharing with me i really appreciate it
1: you're welcome
2: you're welcome
0: (laughs) thanks to nancy and bill pickett for letting me record this conversation and for being great neighbors for my mom and me over the years Talking with people who knew my mom helps me recall my memories about her. For example, Nancy talking about my mom's interest in Bridge reminded me of the story of how my mom helped me network to my first job after college. I appreciate how conversation can help me access positive memories about my mom. I have a special message of appreciation for my friend John, who was mentioned in this episode. John, thank you for all the times you visited my mom, ran errands with her, and took her to lunch gave me a lot of peace of mind knowing you were in San Diego and checking on my mom while I was in San Francisco, busy with family and work. Thank you. I'd love to hear from you. If this episode touched you in some way, if you have constructive feedback on how I could improve future episodes, or if you know someone with an important story to share, please contact me. You can send a note, or better yet, a voice memo to ggsgpodcast at gmail.com include your name and phone number so i can follow up with you lastly if you like the show please tell a friend who might appreciate it if you want to help even more people discover this show and its message make a public show of support by rating it reviewing it and subscribing on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts go go stop go was produced by me jay badenhope music by pottington bear take care of yourself